Listen, we can all agree that the year 2020 has been the biggest dumpster fire of them all, and I don't know about you guys, but having some basketball to watch and talk about on here has been a saving grace. We've loved the support and great feedback we've gotten from our listeners. So, we're going to show some love back to our shooters by giving out some free cash for the holidays. So, if you're listening and trying to win some free cash money, you got to participate in our Secret Santa giveaway. Here's how to do it. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Baseline Times. Repost, retweet any or all of the two upcoming episodes, and make sure you tune into episode 47, which will air the week of Christmas to win the $50 Visa gift card. Giveaway closes on December 21st at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time. Winner of the $50 Visa gift card will be announced during episode 47 of the Shooter Pass podcast the week of 12-21-20. Must be following at Baseline Times on Instagram or Twitter during and after giveaway closes to be considered for the prize. Winner is chosen at random and must be able to accept DMs from at Baseline Times to accept prize. LeBron is better than MJ. This promotion is in no way sponsored, administered, or associated with Instagram or Twitter. For official rules, visit BaselineTimes.com or at Baseline Times on Instagram and Twitter. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Shoot or Pass podcast. This is one of your hosts, Chevy. We're back on this episode to preview the NBA's Western Conference for the upcoming 2020-2021 season. This season is about a week away from tip-off on December 22nd, and then on to Christmas Day where we get a star-studded matchup all day. If you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you're listening again. And if this is your first time, find that subscribe button. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. For our overseas listeners, welcome. And to those in India streaming on the Jio7 Organa app, make sure you also subscribe. And shout out to you guys. As always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Baseline Times. And if you want a chance at free money, guess what? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Retweet one of our podcast posts sharing this episode or episode 45. Come on, guys. Just follow the instructions you just heard at the beginning of the show here. Uh, We produce great content, so you'll be glad to follow us anyways. Uh, For me, you can find me at Baseline Chevy on Twitter. And without further ado, let's welcome in my two other co-hosts, as always, Robbie Gabe. What's up, my people? How are you guys doing today? The season is upon us. I'm just going to keep saying that (laughs) until the season actually starts. (laughs) Then what do you have planned to say after that? The season's here. The season has arrived. Okay. Or, or can you say t- tis the season? Technically, next week you say tis the season, right? Mm. Okay, hold on. <clears throat> tis the season for some balls. Ooh, okay. In your basket. <laughs> you should stick to your day job. Definitely not a voiceover. Damn. Shut up! <laughs> Welcome, guys. It's been it's been wonderful over the last week. How you guys been? Any any new updates in your lives? You want to share with the people that listen to us consistently, like our five friends? Um, CrossFit is kicking my fucking ass. I like ripped my hands today, attempting to do. I don't even know because like I can't do a pull up. I have like no upper body strength. Um, yeah, it's kicking my ass. But, like, I can't quit because I'm paying a lot of money for this shit. And mm. I need abs or need some semblance abs. of abs. So that's right. how I'm doing. Shit, I haven't seen my abs since middle school. So, yo, help me out. <laughs> I was going to say, Gabe. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little I haven't seen my shit long. in a minute. That ship has sailed for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. that ship has sailed for me. So, uh, 
I mean, I'm not fat, which is good, you know. Dad bod extraordinaire. Woo. Yeah. It, it, there we go. There we go, baby. How about you, Gabe? What's up, man? You all right, man? Tell the people how you're doing, man. You excited for the holidays? Uh, Christmas is actually depressing, but, um, you know, I try to make the most of it. Why? I don't know, man. I think I told y'all before, I feel like it's a lot better when you're a kid because you wake up, you see all the gifts under the tree. Obviously, now it's about your own kids and the joy on their faces. But for me, it's oh, just, I don't know yeah. what that's like. I don't have kids. Uh, I'm sorry, my mm. bad, my bad. But yeah, it's just it's just different. You know, it's like another day for me. So I'm not trying to be a Scrooge, but it is what it is. You are a Scrooge. Like no, you literally no, just I'm sounded not. like a Scrooge. You're <laughs> ruining. People are tuning out of this podcast. Merry Christmas! Yay! He started. He started the conversation of Christmas being depressing. I mean, come on, <laughs> of course. Now, um, admittedly, you know, in a year like this, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough Christmas for Different. a lot of people. Speaking of which, like, yeah, you know, people are not gonna be seeing their families. A mm-hmm. lot of people are unemployed, and you know, all of that is because of the way this country has handled the pandemic. And I'm not gonna go down this rabbit hole. I promise, I'll keep it short and simple. But mm-hmm. to everybody out there, um, that's why we're doing this giveaway. We're doing this giveaway. We're giving out some money. You know, we're not James Harden. Ooh. We're not giving out 300k, but we're giving out mm-hmm. nice. $50 that can get you a few little things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. So retweet this when you follow us on Twitter or Instagram. It's basically what we're telling you so that you can have a shot to win. And um, Rami and Gabe are exempt, as we discussed at the end of last episode, if you did listen to that. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Because Gabe said he was going to make a burner account, um, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. KD over here. <laughs> I mean, Ridiculous, I was going to try and Ridiculous. use Kevin the Cat as, like, a way in, too. <laughs> wow, man, yeah, okay. Shame. It's so obvious. So obvious. Uh, have, you, have you guys watched any preseason? Pre- technically, basketball is back in a sense. These preseason basketball games are being played. So we have NBA basketball going on as we speak here. How about you, Gabe? Have you watched anything you like so far? I mean, I've been watching it whenever football's not on. I've seen some storylines about a few players gaining some weight. One being Luca, <laughs> one being James Harden. So I mean, okay, hold on, pause. pause. Yeah. Did y'all see on Twitter that Rick Ross was trending because I guess people compare <laughs> Chunky James Harden oh to Rick Ross? Incredible, incredible. That is terrible. I just feel like incredible. it's this is the angle he's standing at, and it's the colors. Red isn't a flattering color, but um, either way, yeah, I saw I saw memes with him and Luca also just. You know, a little chubby according to their standards. But I mean, dude, really? They're pro athletes. They'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I know we're going to talk about James Harden this episode. Obviously, he's still in the Western Conference as of us recording this episode. But, Gabe, you mentioned that uh, his his trade stock will never fade. Based on some of the rumors and reports today is that He's basically he's he's got the PJs, the private jets, and he's going to pay Vegas parties in Atlanta, and, and then he's coming back. And apparently, there's a uh, was it a former head coach? To correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, said you know low key that it was cool for him to do that because he would come back the next day or next game and he would drop a triple double or mm-hmm. put up sixty points, right? And I was like, all right, cool. If you're gonna come and do that, yeah, go do what you got to well, do, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if this is set, it's going on in the league, do you still think you feel the same way with that information? Well, if it's true, well, he said that he was seeing private trainers or private personal trainers when he went to Vegas <laughs> and the other spot he went to. So I don't know if that's true or not. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe it's just I'm sure they're private. All right, them is control, but that's what he said he was doing. So, 
And not only that, but apparently in like past seasons, he got permission from the Houston Rockets to take a day off and get on these private jets to other cities to go party. This is giving me like strong Dennis Rodman vibes. Like I wonder if there was a point where like Russell Westbrook was like, yo, is James Harden going to fucking make it to the game tonight? Like we can't get a hold of him. They're trying to reach him, you know, kind of like Dennis Rodman in the last dance. I mean, yeah. This is true. This is. I think it does affect its trade value because you know it's not just staff and and coaches that are coming out and talking about it. Other players are coming out and saying things about James Harden. One of them being Russell Westbrook, and you know, considering all the leniency and all the the appeasement that the Rockets have done for James Harden, it's getting to a point where it's like maybe. And I guess we'll talk about this more, but. Maybe James Harden is the problem, not the people that are that they're bringing in to play alongside him. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's coming pretty clear as these days go by, and and maybe his time is short in Houston. Um, but on this episode, obviously, we will go ahead and preview the Western Conference. Here, we'll hit you guys with a round of shoot or pass. After that, we will return back to our tears of the Western Conference this week here and talk about our dumpster fire. Wild cards, pretenders, contenders as well. Gabe is going to share his bottom feeders, the teams he clearly doesn't give a fuck about. Shoot or pass. All right, time to give you guys a shoot or pass round for the Western Conference preview episode here. As always, I will read a statement. If we agree with the statement, we will shoot. If we disagree with the statement, we will pass. First shooter pass, the second best team in the Western Conference is not the Los Angeles Clippers. Robbie, shooter pass. Ah, yes. Let us determine who is second best behind the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, until further notice, I'm going to need everyone to put some damn respect on the Denver Nuggets because they beat the Clippers and actually made it to the Western Conference Finals this past season. And, you know, admittedly, losing Jeremy Grant may hurt them, may come back to bite them. But they still have a really good young core. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Burry, uh, Michael Porter Jr. They're going to have to work on the defensive end. They're going to definitely have to improve there. Um, But I I just think that they are still the second best team in the Western Conference over the Los Angeles Clippers. And look, Serge Ibaka was a great pickup for the Clippers. He will be a more positive presence in that locker room, if anything. But who is the true leader of that team? Who is going to step up when it matters the most, which is in the playoffs? Because we didn't see any of that from Kawhi Leonard and way off P last season. Yeah, I'm going to shoot. That title belongs to either the Nuggets, Mavs, or Blazers. The Mavs and Nuggets have two top-tier players in Luka and um, uh, Jokic. And then the Blazers are very deep. So the Clippers will be in the top four or maybe five when it's all said and done. But they will not be um, the second best team in the Western Conference. Shoot. I want to go ahead and, and pass on this here um, because I'm. you guys are going to find out here in our next segment about the different tiers. I got a little love for the Clippers. I'm going to pass. I think when you have you know a top 10 talent, arguably between Paul George and besides what he has accomplished as in the Clipper uniform in the playoffs, uh, and also Kawhi Leonard, you know, Kawhi Leonard arguably top three, top five, whatever way you want to spin it. I, I just can't ignore that talent right now. 
we'll talk the playoffs in 2021, but for right now, I, I'm going to put the Clippers up there and say they, they kind of are the second best team in the Western Conference, talent wise, what's on paper. I, I don't, no disrespect to the Nuggets, though. I, I love the Nuggets. I love, I like Jokic. I love what Jamal Murray has become, but I'm going to kind of, you know, lean to the words of Clippers as the second best team right now. And I haven't, by the way, guys, check out the power rankings, Western Conference, early power rankings. I got them as the second best team in the Western Conference. Also, Arguably the second best team in the NBA right now behind the Los Angeles Lakers. Shoot or pass. The Dallas Mavericks will not win a title with Chris Porzingis on their roster. Gabe, we'll let you take this first. Shoot or pass. Pass. He has to be on their roster for them to win a title. Now, obviously, health is a concern. It's an issue. He's always off the damn court. But pass. He has to be on that roster to help Luka win a title for the Mavs. They let go of Seth Curry, who was a great shooter. Um, I don't know what else they added to that roster, but um, like I said, it's a big if and it's a big ask, but Porzingis has to be on that roster, so pass. Robbie? I don't know, Gabe. I I just I have to shoot here because I think that Kristaps Porzingis is becoming more of a liability than an asset to the Dallas Mavericks. And, and let's look at the, the facts here. He's played 66, 48, and 57 games over the last three seasons when active. He's torn his ACL in his left knee, torn meniscus in the right knee, and those are just the injuries that sidelined him for a prolonged period of time. We, we don't have an exact timetable for his return as of yet. He has come out and said that he wants to play Christmas Day. There People are mentioning he might not be back until January. I just feel like at some point you have to look at him and say, maybe this isn't the guy that could be the second option for Luca. Maybe he is the third option. I don't know. But KP, if you're out there listening, I want you to prove me wrong. Make me look like a damn fool here because we all saw it. 30 plus points per game in the bubble. In the playoff games that he played in, he looked really good. He has the potential, but he needs to stop getting injured. Maybe he needs to adjust his playing style. I'm not sure. But for now, I'm going to go with shoot. Look, if we're talking about this season, I, I would say shoot for obvious reasons and due to injury. If we're talking after next summer's free agency, I, I maybe I'm going to pass on this. Um, you know, just I think that Kristaps Porzingis at this point in his career, what we've seen and he's shown, he might have to be the third best option on a contending Dallas Mavericks team. Luca, obviously a part of the equation. And then you have some all-star or somebody out there. If Mark Cuban can recruit next off season or next couple of off season. Um, I, I think at this point, Chris Stapps is 25 years old. So I still think plenty of years ahead. So they finally hit a prime, a couple more years, maybe I think the focus for him is health, right? If we can get him healthy, mm-hmm. Then and he's obviously a more of a healthier player. Does that matter at this point, though? Yeah, it just kind of depends what we're talking about. I think in the overall grand scheme of things, though, um, I, I think we could, I would pass on this. I could see him being a part of a, uh, the roster and a contending team. I think he's needed, though. Definitely, what we see in the bubble, Kristaps is needed for this team to compete in the Western Conference. Word, we agree. Shooter pass. LeBron James is right. Taylor Horton Tucker is in fact. Flat out special. Gabe, I'll let you take this first. Shooter pass on THT. 
I'll shoot based on his preseason play, and obviously it's preseason, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But, um, you know, he scored 19 and 33 points against the Clippers on 60 and 40% shooting. Obviously, you didn't see him last year in the rotation because he was a young player and the Lakers were in win-now mode. But I expect him to fully be in the rotation. I don't know who he bumps out of that part, but um, if this guy is putting up numbers in limited minutes and, uh, you know, he's showing out, doing pretty well, I think Frank Vogel's going to have a decision to make. And, you know, you know he's a he's a he's a flat out special guy. So yeah, I agree with LeBron James for once and only once. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, let's see if Robbie feels the same. How do you feel, Robbie? Shoot or pass? I am also going to go shoot. Although I have to admit, I haven't seen much of this guy play. I know he made an appearance in the bubble during the playoffs. He's clearly balled out in the preseason. We don't know exactly how big of a, how much bigger of a role he will have coming off the bench for the Lakers this season. Um, but it appears that, you know, if he has bigger shoes to fill for this team, he's ready. He was averaging 18 points per game in the G League last season. Gabe talked about his uh, his averages during the preseason. Uh, I, I will say, though, LeBron doesn't have the greatest track record when it comes to calling out young talent like this. Exhibit A, Shabazz Napier. Never been the same. <laughs> He's never been the same. He supposedly he he even went as far as unfollowing LeBron after LeBron came out and sung his praises. So is he right about THT? I don't know. If anything, maybe he's just building up his trade value. Maybe they want to trade him for another piece or something later on. Who knows? Right, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna pass on this. <laughs> I'm gonna shock you guys. I'm gonna pass. That yeah. is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> Uh, good point about Shabazz Napier. Uh, but on the flip side, what I the way I feel about it is just the reality of preseason and, and preseason hype. You know, putting stock in the preseason, I I'll enjoy watching basketball because sports. You know, basically sports, love it. But to take it into consideration, is he better than Kyle Kuzma? That's the the biggest question. I think so. I think I like what I see from him. I think he's better for in the rotation than Kyle Kuzma. Unfortunately, um. I think keep a lot, you know, to keep this in mind, a lot of the playing time is available to a guy like THC in the preseason. Um, especially with LeBron and AD not necessarily playing a lot of these games here, right? Their first game was against the Phoenix Suns. So you're looking at inserting them into a lineup and like the serious usage of, of LeBron, AD. Uh, I would assume AD would be the prime go-to guy. Then you have LeBron James. Uh, I think THC, the biggest thing for him is, just being available all the time and, and whenever needed. He, he's a great role player. I think the biggest, the ceiling for him is becoming a great role player, right? And that's the ceiling for him on this team. And yeah, sure, he's, he's flat out special if he's for a role player. That's the way I see it at this point. All right, shooter pass. Trading James Harden may not hurt this Houston Rockets team as bad as people may think. Shoot or pass. Robbie, how do you feel about trading James Harden? Well, we, we talked about this opening the show. I mean, considering what James Harden has been up to and what he's prioritizing right now, it might be a good idea to get rid of him. But let me tell you something. If I'm the Houston Rockets, I'm not rushing to trade this guy wherever he wants just to appease him. They've already appeased him for years. They brought in players he wanted to play with in Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, they even brought in John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins this season. I mean, at some point you have to wonder, maybe James Harden is the problem. 
and he's got to go. It might be better for him to go. I know he is an exceptional talent and and all that, but yeah, maybe it is time to trade him and and get good value out of him. Don't just trade him to trade for the sake of trading him to keep him happy at this rate. Gabe, shooter pass. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to also say shoot. And uh, in the first preseason game without him, uh, you saw Wall and Cousins go crazy. I mean, they had a pretty good preseason. Once again, it's preseason, but those guys are very competitive. Um, and even if Cousins doesn't, for some reason, he's a track worker of not finishing the season, you have Christian Wood. If you remember Christian Wood in Detroit last season when they traded Drummond, the boy was a double-double machine, so he will definitely fill in for a Cousins should he go down. And he defends both ends of the floor. And um, they also added uh, Bruno. Well, he's in addition from Memphis, uh, Bruno Capcolo. If he can overtake House for the starting small forward role, he's going to be a great addition. They won't win any titles just yet, but I expect them to be very competitive in the Western Conference with or without James Harden. I got to shoot on this one. If the rumors are true about him flying to Vegas, Atlanta on a private jet, come in and coaches okay with it and that fair trade off, I mean, James Harden is living through a definition of life of just what I suggest is like as coasting through life with with just a talent or a specific skill. It's just kind of like a freeloader. It's like you have a want and a need of a skill that people like, and then you kind of just use that to freeload off of it, you know, and you're just kind of just doing what the hell you want to do without consideration of, hey, I have a responsibility to show up to this team and contend for an NBA championship, right? And we have to kind of figure out, like, how long has this been going on? Because was this going on in, you know, what, what was it, 2018 when they had a chance to upset the Warriors or 2017, whichever year that was, right? Mm-hmm, like, <laughs> we kind of have to figure that out, right? Like, when, how long was this going on for? Was Has this always been his habits? Um, You know, to me, it just seems like James Harden and these ways are just a toxic trait to have. And unfortunately... Obviously, it hasn't worked to win an NBA championship, so you kind of just have to part your ways and move on. So if you're a Houston Rockets fan, if you're the Houston Rockets franchise, yeah, I mean, I I think the relationship has gone sour. So at this point, it's not going to hurt the Houston Rockets as bad as people think, and especially if you can get at least decent draft picks or something better in return, like you mentioned, Robbie. All right, shooter pass, the team in the Western Conference facing the most amount of pressure coming into this season is not... The Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference. Gabe, shoot or pass? I'm going to say shoot. And let me say this. Everyone by now knows how I feel about the Philadelphia 76ers, right? I feel like the Clippers are the West version of that team. They, It's obviously them. They have the most pressure. They they got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They, they catered to Paul George for whatever reason, giving them all kinds of perks, which is just ridiculous. What has he done in the playoffs? So I feel like after acquiring those two guys and they, they put themselves on a pedestal, like, okay, well, we got this or whatever, they have the most pressure, especially considering the way they lost to the Denver Nuggets last season. Like, and they said it was a fatigue factor. Hello, everyone's doing the same thing you're doing. You're in the same bubble. You're playing the same amount of games in the same amount of time. So, and then Paul George's comments afterwards about, oh, it wasn't a, a finals or bust season. Uh, yes, it was. So, I just feel like, yes, they have the most pressure. It's not the Lakers. They won the championship. You know, uh, LeBron did it for Kobe. He did it for the city of L.A. Now it's, it's their turn. So, yes, the Clippers. Yeah, you know, I think it's very easy to say, okay, the Lakers have a lot of pressure, particularly because they have seemingly widened the gap between themselves and the other teams in the Western Conference during the offseason. 
But I have to agree. I have to say, shoot, they are not the team. And I'm going to agree with Gabe and say the Clippers are the team that has the most pressure. And it's for the same reasons that Gabe mentioned. Look, the expectations were set on them last season. They brought in these guys. uh, They build this whole team to beat the Lakers in the playoffs and they didn't even get around to facing them. So what do you do this year? You get, you, you sign Serge Ibaka, you uh, sign pandemic P to a huge contract extension and keep most of the other pieces intact. The ceiling for this team is still the NBA finals. And the floor for this team is still the NBA finals. If they do anything less, the season is a failure again. Yeah. I got I, I got to say this. Uh, I would say in regards to the pressure coming to the season, you get the championship, you know, post-championship pressure to come into a season, especially if you kept the same team and you have the same star players, everything's going well, no injuries. You have that normal pressure. So I'm going to go ahead and pass on this. Um, excuse me. I'm going to go ahead and shoot on this and suggest that, yes, it does still stick with the Clippers. Um, the Lakers have that normal championship pressure or, you know, defending championship pressure coming into the season. We saw that with the Warriors, right? I mean, obviously, you come in with Kevin Durant in 2017, you win the championship. You come into 2018, and you're like, all right, like, we got the same team. I mean, you were obviously clearly the better team, right? So when they went those ba- went to those back-to-back, you know, finals, a little bit of pressure, right? And I think the same situation with the Lakers. You had a little, all right, you're the defending champs. You got your expectations. You're supposed to go to the, the Western Conference Finals. You're supposed to win, you know, get to the finals again and try to compete for a championship. Very difficult in the Western Conference, though, versus the Eastern Conference when it comes to be talking about like the most pressure. I think we talk about the overall landscape of the NBA. Obviously, Milwaukee might top out as having the most pressure. But specifically for this Western Conference, definitely the Clippers. Echo what you're saying there, Robbie. Absolutely. You're building a team to win an NBA championship. What is that contract you just signed, you know, Paul George to? A record-breaking NBA contract that that he got for the contract extension? I mean, obviously, you're investing a lot of money in a Kawhi, Paul George. So I will say, shoot on the notion of the Lakers not having the most pressure in the Western Conference. Let me ask you something. So now that the Bucks have, uh, that Giannis has signed the Supermax extension, do the Bucks still have the most pressure in the Eastern Conference? Yes, without a doubt. Yeah, hands down. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree. I agree with you. I, I, they have Probably to. I mean, still because yeah, right. Well, that's what I was saying. I think overall in the landscape of the NBA, if you're looking at every one through thirty teams, you you got to think Milwaukee has the biggest pressure. I know we're focused on the Western Conference, but overall, mm-hmm. Milwaukee has to have, especially now that Giannis has resigned. I mean. I don't think it changes what their goal is this season, right? Their goal still is to win the championship. You have the MVP, you have the defensive player of the year, but still, you kind of have to win that championship to get ranked up there amongst the greats, right? So that's what it is. All right, shoot or pass. Everyone is praising the Lakers and Suns for their offseason moves, but the Portland Trailblazers are the ones who made the biggest upgrades to their roster. Robbie, shoot or pass. Listen, everyone is is talking about the Lakers and the Suns, and you can argue the word biggest here, but I'm going to shoot because I think the Blazers low-key did make some big upgrades here, and they did so 
without giving away any significant assets, and they somehow still managed to create some cap room for next season as well. Um, we know that they re they uh, re-signed Mello, they re-signed Rodney Hood, they brought in Robert Covington, who I feel is going to fit in very well with a healthy Nurk, Damian Lillard, and CJ McCollum. They got Ennis Cantor, Derek Jones Jr., who are serviceable guys, and they unloaded Hassan Whiteside. I mean... That's a big step there. Unloading Hassan Whiteside does wonders for any team. Always and, you know, they also unloaded Mario Hazonia and they got Harry Giles on the veterans minimum. You know, to quote Woj here, they filled holes at the power forward position. They strengthened their wing depth and they solidified their front line. This team has elevated themselves. So I have to say that they really did make some really big upgrades to their roster. Gabe, yeah, how do you feel? Shoot or pass on that? Yeah, shoot. I agree with everything she just said. I love, love, love the Blazers going into next year. And she mentioned Harry Giles. You know, he's a very young, raw talent. I believe he's going to overtake Cantor, who plays zero defense ever as the backup center. And what you left out was Gary Trent as well. He's very, he's, he really blossomed in the bubble last uh, season. Um, he sure did. At the three point percentage. So I feel like he's going to be more integrated into the rotation. And um, and like you said, they got Riley Hood back, who's also another three and D guy. So they made a lot of key additions to this roster to combat the Lakers. And I think this is probably one of the deepest teams in the Western Conference. So um, yeah, I, I love the Blazers. I'm very high on this year, and I'm going to shoot as well. Uh, I gotta say this, guys. I'm gonna pass on this, and you guys will find out in the second half of the show in our different segment here. I just think when you're underline the words the biggest upgrades to me when you get a guy like cp3 you take the sixth man of the year and you go across to the other locker room for the los angeles lakers to me those are big upgrades uh dennis Schroeder was contending for the sixth man of the year and he went to the lakers to me those are big upgrades to be considered i will give some love to the portland trailblazers i think at some point they they can finish about third place in the eastern in the western conference i wouldn't be surprised in the west if they finish at the third spot honestly um, to say big upgrades, though, I think these are minimal upgrades that help bolster their roster down. You you still got your game time, and that's what matters there. Um, Cantor is familiar with the area, the Portland, the team. Um, I agree though. Giles is a big pickup. I I like that, and um, Derek Jones Jr. as well. Gary Trent loved loved that where what we saw him in the bubble and his shooting. I mean, that's they're they're a fun team to watch, guys. And then obviously we get to watch Carmelo. So I think. Any of us here, we're old enough to enjoy Carmelo, especially you, Gabe. So I'll say that. <laughs> All right, shoot or pass. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Trading D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins will prove to be a brilliant move for the Golden State Warriors. Robbie, shoot or pass. I mean, the obvious answer here is shoot, especially because Clay is out. But of course... This is going to come down to whether Wiggins meets the expectation, finally meets the expectations set on him since he was picked number one in the draft, in the 2014 draft. And he'll get to play along Steph, who will provide some spacing for him to hit some mid-range shots or cut to the hoop. We know he's a scorer, uh, and he's going to need to score for this team. And he's going to have to really progress on the defensive end. 
um, because he, you know, there will be times where he will be guarding the best one through four players on opposing teams. So in retrospect, this trade was great, all things considered, but whether or not Andrew Wiggins fills at least some of the void left behind by Clay Thompson remains to be seen. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to pass on this. I feel like both Russell and Wiggins are pretty much just scorers. They don't do much in the way of any other counting stats like assists. Now, if Andrew Wiggins decides to play defense, which we know he can, you know, he can block shots, he can defend. But I feel like for him, as an offensive player, playing defense is not a part of his game. His game is to score, you know, and do things on the offensive side of the ball. Now, if he decides to he if he decides he wants to take on that role to defend the other team's best player, then sure, I like it. But um, on on the surface right now, I mean, it's it's a pass. Um, I, I don't feel like it it did really much of anything. You really can't replace Clay Thompson's production. Uh, I I gotta shoot on this, so I'm gonna ride Wiggins here. I like what I see from Wiggins. Uh, originally, I did think this was a good move for Wiggins personally as a player going to Golden State. Um, and look, I think the Warriors are a team like the Spurs of the past. You have guys who come in, they they play in this culture under the you know Greg Popovich. Now it's Steve Kerr, and they thrive. Kelly Oubre, we're gonna see uh, Kelly Oubre that we know what his talent is, but you're gonna see that talent come out and be useful. Uh, you got Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. And I'm going to give you guys a hot take for the 2020-2021 season for the Golden State Warriors. In my opinion, and I'm going to ride this the rest of the season, the Warriors will be a top five defensive team this year. Uh, I think they'll, they have to transform a little bit without Klay Thompson. They have to adjust a little bit. Uh, you know you can get 28, 30 points out of Steph Curry. I think Steph has to average at least 28 and 30 points a game, really. And he's going to have an MVP year. Uh, they talk about strength in numbers, and I think you know Steve Kerr said something during uh, they interviewed him either halftime or after the quarter or you know one of the games uh, against the Kings, a preseason game, and he said you know they uh, they were actually I don't know I think they were talking about uh, what Steve Kerr had said, and he had said they have to basically condition themselves to do what they want to do and accomplish. So <laughs> to me, I get the sense that something's going to change and look a little differently. What's going to happen is the Golden State Warriors will become a little more de- better defensively this time of year around. Then they're going to rely on Steph Curry. Obviously, there's, they they can put points on the board. We know that. Um, there's guys like Brad Wanamaker, Kelly Oubre. They can fit in offensively so far. Uh, remember, there was only 12 games in with Andrew Wiggins last year before the season canceled, and that was after the trade deadline when he arrived in Golden State. Now, in those 12 games... Uh, Wiggins averaged two-point field goal percentage of 51%, 1.3 steals per game, 1.4 blocks per game. Those are career best marks for that short time, of course. Um, I think it's good for Wiggins. To answer the question, shoot all day. All right, shooter pass. Contrary to popular belief, Drew Holiday will not be missed by the New Orleans Pelicans. Gabe, shooter pass. I say shoot because having Holiday there only, I guess, stepped on the development of both Ball and Ingram. Um, obviously, his veteran leadership was something they aspired to have on the team because it was a team full of young guys. But now that he's gone, I feel like Ball, but more so Ingram, is going to be the unquestioned leader of the team. Now, if they have Bledsoe as well on the roster, I'm guessing he's just going to play the Drew Holiday role, but to a lesser extent. 
But, um, yeah, I think this is Brandon Ingram's team, and Zion Williamson obviously will be better with the leadership of Stan Van Gundy. He's going to score for himself. He's going to develop the young guys. So I feel like, yeah, Drew Holiday was great for the team at one point, but now it's time to develop these young guys to take them to the next level. It's interesting to know how this went from being Drew Holiday's team to them openly shopping him around. But I'm going to say shoot because, you know, like Gabe said, they brought in Eric Bledsoe, Steven Adams. They got three draft picks and two pick swaps for a 30-year-old point guard making $27 million a year. That's not a bad deal. And, you know, like Gabe mentioned, there shouldn't be a drop-off in production. And more importantly, this team is setting themselves up for the future. Um, so I, I would say that he's not going to be really missed other than perhaps his leadership in the locker room. Uh, I guess we'll see who fills in that role. Gabe is saying that Brandon Ingram, maybe Zion steps up too. All right. I got to say this. I'll, I'll shoot on this and just to echo a little bit of you, Gabe, the fact that you know, Lonzo Ball, you got to put your chips in at some point for him. Let him be able to grow, take some point guard responsibilities more serious. With a coach like Stan Van Gundy, I think it's a good start. He's going to hold everybody accountable, get this team doing things that they should be doing defensively, uh, offensively. I, I think there's a biggest question mark for this team. We talked about B.I., uh, you know, Brandon Ingram. Obviously, trying to see how he fits into the scheme and what Stan draws up for him. In my opinion, this all means that Drew Holiday is not going to be missed. And I'll take it a step further, which is unrelated to the Pelicans. Do I think Drew Holiday puts the Milwaukee Bucks over the hump to win the Eastern Conference? Absolutely not. So in the, in saying that, no, I don't think Drew Holiday will be missed in New Orleans at all. Shooter pass. Forget a sophomore slump. John Morant will make it on the NBA All-Star roster this season. Robbie Shooter Pass. Well, he better make it because he is officially regarded as the heart and soul of not just the Memphis Grizzlies basketball team, but of the city of Memphis, because he has a fucking giraffe named after him at the Memphis Zoo. Uh, I'm going to go shoot here because I believe that if history serves him right, he will be an all-star at this season. The last two Rookie of the Year award winners, Ben Simmons and Luka Doncic, were selected to the All-Star game in their second year. And considering what he accomplished with this team last season, it's the logical next step for him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Shooter pass, Gabe. How do you feel? But I'm going to pass. Um, because there's simply, <laughs> simply, <laughs> simply too many guards out there, man. It was the same thing with Bradley Beal last year. Remember that? I think it was it last year because it was such a blur. Dude was balling on a bad team, obviously, and we know how that works. It's a popularity contest, and he could not get into an all-star spot. So I feel like it's going to be the same thing in the West. You got way too many notable guards ahead of John Morant. I won't take anything away from him. He's going to lead that team to great things in the, in the, in the future. But, man, the West is always loaded with guards. Now, if he was a forward, maybe, but, you know, that's not the case. So, yeah, pass. Yeah, absolutely. I got to pass. I agree with you all the way. For me, it's difficult to tell if John Morant will have an extreme jump in his game like Luka did in year two last season in a stacked Western Conference. I think at the best, John Morant gets snubbed from becoming an all-star this year. And it's just because we're going to start talking about guys like Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, CJ, John Wall, Jamal Murray. I mean... You kind of see where I'm going with this, and just to echo you one more time, Gabe, a lot of guards, a lot of great guards in the Western Conference. So unfortunately, I have to pass. But Robbie, that is 
a good hot take and a great interesting fact. So we shall see where this goes. If he can three-peat it for the rookie of the years, he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Snubbity snub dub dub. <laughs> oh, get ready for that. Happens every year. All right, let's go ahead and talk about our conference tiers for the Western Conference. If you listened to our show last week on episode 45, we broke down the Eastern Conference in different tiers. For the Western Conference, very similar takes here. We will start with the bottom feeders, dumpster fires, wildcards, pretenders, and contenders here. But first, we have the specialist Gabe. He's going to talk about the teams he clearly doesn't give a fuck about, the bottom feeders. Gabe. Go ahead. Preach your gospel. <laughs> so I got four in this category. We'll start with the San Antonio Spurs. And I say that because I feel like they're a faceless team. They got DeMar DeRozan. They got LaMarcus Aldridge. But DeMar DeRozan's game hasn't evolved, if you notice. He's a mid-range shooter. He doesn't shoot the three well. I don't feel like he's ever adapted to the new NBA. So I, I really have no interest in watching them. And they're bad for fantasy because Greg Popovich always plays the wrong guys, more minutes than over the other ones. So, yeah. Um, the Sacramento Kings, a Luke Walton coach team. Um, I mean, what is that like? I like Fox. Um, I like Holmes, I guess. Um, Halliburton appears to be promising based on the preseason games I've seen of him, but no, that's they're not gonna do it for me. Oklahoma City Thunder, man, I feel bad for Shea Gillis just Alexander because he's a stud and he's gonna take an even bigger leap this year now that Schroeder and Chris Paul are gone. But, man, there is no interest in that team whatsoever. And Minnesota Timberwolves, I'm never eager to see these guys play. I like D'Angelo Russell. Cat, you know, if he takes the next step, maybe he'll be okay. But, yeah, it's just very little interest in these four teams. I don't give a fuck about them. Okay. Robbie, uh, how do you feel about the dumpster fire? Or, excuse me. Robbie, how do you feel about the uh, bottom feeders this this week? (laughs) Do you you agree with that? Excellent choices, Gabe. I took Hmm. two of your teams. The other ones, I spread them out in, in other tiers. Uh, okay. Obviously, the OKC Thunder, I think that's like the most obvious one. This team got gutted by a draft pick hoarder. <laughs> Only two of the eight current starters and current key reserves averaged double digits in points last season. And that was oh Shea God. with 19 points per game and Al Horford with 11.9 points per game. Four. Yikes. Yikes. And my other bottom feeder, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, I can't not name these guys as bottom feeders after Cody again went on a rant about them in the draft episode, which if you guys haven't listened to, it's a great episode featuring Cody Ginn and Jay Glow. Um, Their draft and offseason moves were head scratchers. We don't know what the chemistry between D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, what that's going to look like. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm, I'm not expecting much out of this team. In fact, I think Carl Anthony Towns needs to just get the fuck out of there. Yeah, I, I agree with three of those there. I mean, the Kings, the T-Wolves, the Thunder. I, I don't think I can echo any more than you guys have talked about. Uh, I mean, the Thunder went from having Chris Paul, SGA, Dennis Schroeder competing for a six man of the year to Al Horford and George Hill Ugh. and then SGA. <laughs> so Fuck. yeah. And, and the, the, the Thunder have made the playoffs for 11 straight season, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it's going to be a, definitely a turnaround for those folks out in Oklahoma city. Welcome to the bottom. 
Uh, T-Wolves, echo what you said, Robbie. Agreed. Kings, I mean, I don't know what to say about the Sacramento yeah. Kings. Um, let's talk about dumpster fires. Uh, the teams that we will be making headlines for all the wrong reasons. Robbie, what you got for us? Tell us what's up. Dumpster fires. So I do have a couple of things to say about the Sacramento Kings. I- I'm pushing them from the bottom feeder, tier, bottom feeder tier to the dumpster fire because That's I think right. this mm-hmm. team, aside from the Rockets, which we all know about, are going to be a dumpster fire. And, you know, they're also they're also super qualified to be a bottom feeder. In fact, I think it's this team is more of a bridge between both tiers. Uh, things should be a little calmer now for Buddy Heal now that he's going to be starting again with Bogey gone. But he's still out there liking tweets implying that he wants out of Sacramento. And it's no secret that he's butted heads with Luke Walton. And nothing this team has done suggests that winning is going to cure anything for them because they're not going to be winning. In fact, they brought in Hassan Whiteside. You ain't winning with Hassan Whiteside. Wave the white flag. So, and then, you know, of course, you can't name dumpster fire teams without naming the Houston Rockets. And we've talked ad nauseum about James Harden. But there's another disgruntled player on their team, and that is P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker took a discount so they can bring in Chris Paul, who eventually got shipped off for Russell Westbrook, and he still hasn't gotten paid. He still feels he should get paid. Do I think he should get big money at this point? I don't know. But, you know, if I'm the Houston Rockets, you know, I got to show love to those players that stuck it out, Um, and they haven't done that. So, yeah, they're definitely a dumpster fire for more reasons than just James Harden. Absolutely. How about you, Gabe? Any any uh, additions to the dumpster fire section here? Yeah, she covered the Houston Rockets, so I'm going to skip that. I'm going to go with the Clippers, and I'm going to say they rival the East uh, Sixers. Entertainment value, Paul George, you're going to provide a lot of that for us this season. Everything's going to depend on what you do in the locker rooms with your players and the chemistry you built with them. So I'm eager to see stories coming out. Oh, you know, maybe he's getting preferential treatment again. Maybe he thinks he is a superstar, but he has a one shit. So I'm eager to see the entertainment that's going to come from that locker room. And if anyone can actually corral him in, I know Harold had a problem with him, but he's on the other side now. Um, I think maybe Patrick Beverly has some issues with him as well. So for sheer entertainment, the Los Angeles Clippers will be on the dumpster fire team for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, I, I got to agree with uh, the Rockets and the Clippers. And, you know, piggybacking off like the Paul George thing is. You know, Paul George is on record right now saying that, uh, you know, it was with uh, Matt Barnes on the podcast suggesting that he's been working out with his old trainer in the MVP season. So I don't know about you guys, but do you remember Paul George winning an MVP in the last like decade or his career? Because, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. So, I mean, just comments like that, right, that get you out in the media. It's almost as bad as Kyrie, but I think Paul George – he was kind of hyping himself up, which, all right, I'm cool with. But now it's like we saw what you're coming off of. It wasn't that great. Now you're hyping yourself up even more. Ugh. So you got to come in and, and perform this season or else you're going to be a dumpster fire for sure. Um, definitely not on Kyrie's level, obviously. Like the Brooklyn Nets last week, we put them in this category. But I can see the Clippers, any little – they're going to be scrutinized. It, it, guys, it is, isn't it strange that the Clippers, it's quote-unquote LA's B team – and Paul George and Kawhi is, is being so scrutinized versus a LeBron. Doesn't it feel great? Like, for me, it feels great. I know for you guys, maybe, you know, 
it, but it feels great. Like, like, the, the Lakers have always owned the Clippers, so you know. Yeah, but the point you, is, like, just you know, scrutinize. Obviously, LeBron's yeah, still gonna be scrutinized, but mm-hmm. everyone knows the Lakers are the clear-cut favorites with, with a sensible mind, right? But yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone's looking at the Clippers and, and the playoff P, the way off P, pandemic P name that has. <laughs> Social media has taken it to a next level. And then, Robbie, you covered so well. You were like our, our quote-unquote TMZ representative earlier in the, you know, the bubble and in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. When you, I mean, you talked Paul about, George you know. Paul George is a messy motherfucker. Yeah. it's 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 Paul George. Like, Paul George and Kyrie clearly are competing. And then James Hart's actions. Like, <laughs> I don't know. The NBA is a mess. But I got to agree with those dumpster fires. We need to do an all-NBA messy motherfucker team is what we oh, need to do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. That that you can lead that, Robbie. I think I think that definitely is. <laughs> I would be delighted to. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about wild cards. So this category is basically for surprise teams. Now the twist to this is whether they surprise us in a good way or a bad way. So under this team, you know, the teams under this list would just can go both ways. Uh, it's kind of a flex option, I guess. Here, uh, Gabe, let's start with you. Any wild card teams that you're listing? Yeah, so I got four teams in this category. Phoenix Suns, obviously the addition of Chris Paul is going to help Booker out tremendously. And we got to see what Aiton does as far as going to the next level. The Suns, I'm very excited about that team, also a young team. Um, I covered the Pelicans earlier about Brandon Ingram taking over the lead role and maybe, or or Zion, it could be either one of them, and Ball developing a a shot, hopefully a better shot, and, uh, you know, some more leadership. Um, Also a young team, surprise team. Uh, Memphis, you know, it's a deep West and John Morant played spectacular last season. I feel like he's going to take that next step. Um, as you alluded to, they're missing uh, Jaron Jackson for a while. So that's going to hurt. But they have Brooks, who's proven to be a good shooting guard for that roster. And lastly, I have the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry is back. I don't know if you guys saw the game last night, but it feels like he never left. Hitting threes all over the court. So once you get Draymond back and then you have Wiggins and Oubre all on the same page, on the same team, on the same floor for the first time, I feel like they can they can surprise people. Now I don't think any of these teams will win a championship next year, but I feel like they're all headed in the right direction. So yes, they will surprise me in a good way. Yeah, so I'm on board with the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I literally put in caps: Are the Bubble Suns for real? For real? As my notes for the Phoenix Suns. Wow. Uh, and Gabe talked really well about the Warriors and the Grizzlies. I also have the San Antonio Spurs as a wild card. Because if you think about it, you know, Gabe said they're a faceless team. This team is the true definition of a wild card in the sense that they really truly could surprise us in a good way or a bad way. And I'm just not ready to write this team off as like a bottom feeder because they still have Greg Popovich coaching them. (laughs) (laughs) The thing here is the Spurs weren't able to make any significant moves in free agency and won't be able to do so until DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge are off the books next season. So they got to stick with what they've got and they do have some good young talented guys. And, you know, again, Greg Popovich is coaching them. So I'm not ready to count these guys off. They could potentially be in the playing tournament. They could tank who the fuck knows. That's why they're my wild card. Uh, I also threw in, the, Ma- the, the the Mavericks. And, you know, as I mentioned before, it, it really truly is going to ride on what Kristaps Porzingis looks like when he comes back mm-hmm. from injury. Is he going to be durable beyond it? Is he going to make it through the season whenever he does come back? 
Um, they they brought in some defense with Josh Richardson and James Johnson, which they desperately needed because the amount of points this team was giving up all over the place, especially in closeout situations, was really hard to watch. To me, this team can very well be a contender, but I'm I'm just I'm throwing them in as a wild card until I see Kristaps Porzingis on the floor, and then I threw in a little bonus. I threw in the coronaviruses because that is the biggest wild card of them all. Okay, the coronaviruses took the world by storm. They changed the way we live our lives and the way we experience basketball. And who knows, maybe they pull a Rudy Gobert and shut down the season again. I really hope not. Mm. But um, we don't know. We really don't know for sure how the coronaviruses are going to affect the players and the season overall. Let me just add one more thing to your San Antonio Spurs being a surprise team. I think they'll be in a bad way because, as I mentioned earlier, DeRozan is like a dinosaur who never adapted to the new NBA. You could also make the case that Marcus is the same way. I mean, he doesn't shoot threes often. You know, he's a mid-range shooter. They're, they're relics on their teams. So I feel like <laughs> those guys, they just haven't taken that next step to shoot the three. But yeah, that's all. These are their relics. Like they've always had that. That like they're fucking fossils over here. To me, they've always had like that. Dave the archaeologist stereotype. <laughs> they've always had the stereotype because with Tim, Tony, like man, they've always been. Oh, they're just the old veteran team that always a mirroring shooter. Uh, yeah, I you know wild card teams here to me. Uh, going on the list here, I think when we look at the Suns, the Jazz, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Rockets. I think those are the teams that will be in contention for at least four through ten. Um, yeah, so Suns, Jazz, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Rockets, Mavericks, four through ten, in my opinion. We let's we say we talk about this playing tournament, like you mentioned, Robbie. Then we throw in the Spurs, right? I think we good or bad for the Spurs. There's the super toss up here. Like you mentioned, I agree. I, I buy on the pop all the time. Uh, we don't know what's gonna happen with them. They could tank if they decide to tank, whatever it is, what it is. Not ready to commit to bottom feeder for them either just because of the talent level on that roster and the coaching behind it and that culture. I, I don't see them as terrible as the Thunder, T-Wolves, or Kings. They're not managed that way. But the West is such like this big toss-up to me after you know you talk about our contenders here in a little bit. And that's what the fun part and intriguing part of this. Um, over the course of the last four or five years, obviously you had Golden State, dominate the Western Conference when it was all said and done and does settle. Either they were winning or, you know, the, the, the Cavaliers won the one season, right? Um, when you look at this conference, you're going to see, I think the playing tournament makes this more fun because we were, how many times we saw like an A seed in the Western Conference make the, the, miss the playoffs or make the playoffs, excuse me, with like a record with 10 games over 500, five games over 500 in the Eastern Conference, they'd be four seed, right? I think we're going to start seeing a little phase back and forth, but the play-in tournament is going to make it so much more incredibly yes. fun to watch. So that's why, like, these are a lot of wild-card teams that I'm listing before I get into our pretenders and contenders and mention the other teams. Um, but that's how I feel about the wild-cards. But in, in a sense, I think for the most part, the wild-cards are going to be good a good situation for the Western Conference because, you know, we don't know how much damage the Suns are going to do, how much they're going to compete or hang up there. The same things with the Jazz, uh, the Pelicans, Grizzlies as well without, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. We don't know what the hell the Rockets are going to be like another month. Mavericks, obviously, we hope for them to become contenders at some point, but not ready to put them there. I agree with that. What about pretenders? Robbie, can you explain 
the bullshit teams you see right through. Yeah, I got two of them, and I'm gonna start with the Pelicans. <sighs> don't wow me, okay? I love Stan Van Gundy. Let that be on record. I love Stan Van Gundy. I think he was a great hire, and he but... will definitely do some good for this team and its young core. But I'm not ready to buy into the Pelicans being a playoff team just yet. I'm sorry. I don't think a shortened offseason and all of the changes that they made to their roster is going to help a team that is looking for cohesion. And that's a key word. This team needs to be more cohesive in order to be successful. And Stan Van Gundy is not only tasked with the X's and O's of coaching, he has to build a team culture and build that team chemistry with these young guys and with all these new pieces. I expect Zion and ba- Brandon Ingram and even Lonzo Ball to make strides this season under his tutelage. But this is a big ask, and I just don't think they turn it around in one season and go to the playoffs. My other pretender, the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's be real. The Ty Lu hiring was underwhelming. Oh, but he's a respected voice in the locker room. Well, if he really was that respected voice in the locker room, the Clippers wouldn't have had all of the issues that they had in said locker room. They lost Trez and brought in Serge Ibaka, who arguably is an upgrade, but they still don't have that other point guard who can make plays, and Zubak is the only true low-post option. That is not enough to beat the Lakers. And as I mentioned before, their season will be deemed a failure if they achieve anything other than beating the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Wow. wow. Okay. All right. Gabe, okay. who are your pretenders? You know what? I want to make a trade. So... I had a change of heart after thinking about all what we said about these teams. I had the Jazz as pretenders, but I'm going to trade them with the San Antonio Spurs, and I'll put the Spurs as pretenders. You know why? Because the Jazz, I don't give a fuck about. I don't know much about the roster. I don't care about them. They come out strong. Are you going to throw them in as contenders? No, I'm going to throw them in the bottom feeders. They're in the bottom feeders, the Jazz. Wow. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Whoa. You're getting reckless with this shit, Gabriel. Okay, explain yourself. Yeah, go ahead. I, I don't give a fuck about the Jazz. I, I feel like they're just average. And I like and I like Mitchell, but beyond him, like you said, they're getting Bogdanovich back. Gobert is a defensive player of the year. He shut down the league. Obviously, we all know the story. But they come out as gangbusters, and then they kind of just fade away towards the end of the season. So go to the bottom feeder section. Now, let's bring the San Antonio Spurs back. So, you know, I talked shit about them earlier. But you know what? It's hard, it's hard to talk shit about a great pop of this team. Even though they've yeah. been the same in years past, because all these new teams like the Warriors and now the Lakers and then the Rockets, they've been playing speed ball and you know three ball pretty much, just run up and down the court, shoot threes, and you know, boom, you're good. The Spurs don't quite do that, but we know that they're pretenders. You can see right through them. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna keep them there for now, um, because I feel like a Greg Popovich team is always a well coached team. I just feel like they don't have the personnel to compete with others. So that's why they're pretty yeah. Robbie, I think we changed his mind. He had a change of heart. He did. He did. He did. How many more times are you going to change your mind, though, Gabriel? No, that was it. Just that one trade. That was it. One trade. He had a one trade. One trade. One trade Everyone knows yeah. the rules. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Okay. That's cool. Um, pretenders for me, uh, as one team I haven't mentioned yet, it will be the Portland Trailblazers. So oh. I find that the. I find that the Portland Trailblazers tend to overachieve in the regular season. 
Um, I like what happened, though, with the bubble situation. Obviously, Dame had a lot to say. He came in incredible bubble run in the seeding games. Unfortunately, when you only win one game, and I guess, you know, it's against the eventual NBA champions, Los Angeles Lakers, blah, 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 whatever. I, You know, the the roster we talked about earlier got a little bit better, right? A few upgrades to bolster down. Not huge, in my opinion. I feel like they're going to get in, possibly take the third seed. Who knows? They could take a second seed, depending on the Clippers and their load management. And at that point, you know, again, it's all about matchups. I think certain matchups just don't work out for them, and they just can't compete. Do I think they can beat the Lakers this year? Hell no. That's that's the way I feel. So for that reason, pretenders. Mm-mm-mm. Disappointing. Well, we can talk about contenders. Let's talk about contenders then. Robbie, did you want to let's transition to that? Who do you got for your first contender? I'm still processing all the bullshit you just spewed about the Portland Trailblazers. For real? <laughs> because they are one of my contenders. And yes. I frankly don't understand yes. how you have a team that you're saying, oh, it's gonna be a three seed in the Western in the in the Western Conference as a pretender. <laughs> That's a very interesting take. I look forward to going back to that in a few months and calling you out on it. Anyways, the Portland Trailblazers are one of my contenders. And it's simple. I need more dang time in the playoffs. And I hope I'm getting my wishes this year. You know, Gabe and I, we praise the Blazers for their offseason moves. And even without those offseason moves, this team should have been a top four seed last season, but they were hampered by injuries. That's not happening this season. They've got a bunch of new shiny pieces. They've got a healthy Nurk, a healthy Zach Collins, a rejuvenated Mello, who basically went into a time machine and got cornrows now. He is like back to the 2000s Mello. Um, (laughs) I think that they're going to be a top four seed at the least. I think that they're going to do well in the playoffs. Uh, Will can they compete against my next contenders? The most obvious contenders being the Los Angeles Lakers, who I mentioned before, seemingly widen that gap between themselves and everybody else in the league overall. No. And that's pretty much all I'm going to say about the Lakers. I'm not going to praise the Lakers more than I need to. We we have talked about all their moves and have praised yeah, them up and down. And Cheval will probably spend like a good 10 minutes praising uh, them. So I'll move on to my next contenders, the Denver Nuggets. Yay. And I'm a little shaky on this one because they lost their three best defenders. And frankly, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, ah, man, losing Jeremy Grant may really fuck this team over. But if Mike Malone is known for any two things, it is praying for his team on the bench when they're getting blown out by opponents (laughs) and experimenting with rotations. Does that bring about more bowl ball this season? That would be really cool. Um, But ultimately, the success of this team will come down to how they deal with those defensive losses and how big of a leap does Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. take? Can Jamal Murray elevate himself into the all-star status? Can Michael Porter Jr. become that third option? This team is definitely a contender and I'm really excited to see them play my next contenders in a playoff series. And that is the Utah Jazz. Um, what the Utah Jazz listen 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 first of all don't act 
Don't act like you didn't have a good time watching Donovan Mitchell and Jamal that's Murray a bad take. go, no, that's go a back bad and forth. Take, what do you mean that's a bad take? <laughs> Whatever. You're just, mad. You're just mad because I called your ass out on the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. We can revisit this at the end of the season and we can go All back right. and forth about it again. Yeah, so. All right. But I gotta throw the I gotta throw the jazz in there. I really do. Uh-huh. <sighs> Game. I mean, it's game trade them. It, 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 I just traded those masters to the bottom feeders. <laughs> Man. Okay. All right. All right. They and most so certainly are in bottom feeders. It's just because Gabe doesn't know half the roster. That's why he's throwing them as bottom. You know the roster is, still care I, about them. Yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. So, all right. So, that's <laughs> yes. bro, bro, bro. I play fantasy every day. I could name the starting five. So I got you. All right. All right. All right. Well, well all right. Yeah, we'll let you go. You, we want to have the floor. Who's your contenders? All right. So she mentioned, I guess. Uh, Three of them, but I'm going to just name them in the way I think they see in the Western Conference. Lakers, number one. Okay. Denver is number two. Dallas is number three. Portland is number four. So mm. let's start with Denver. Okay, so Denver, right? So they lost Grant, like uh, Robbie said. But you also remember, they got Harris back, who wasn't himself, you know, in a bubble. He was coming back from off a serious injury. You know, he was he's never quite the same. He couldn't find his rhythm. And they also went without um uh ah damn it, I'm forgetting his name already. Uh the three oh Will Three, I forgot his name. Will Barton, there we go, Will Barton. Will Barton. Yeah, he wasn't in the series at all. So you you're getting those guys back, and then Michael Porter Jr., you know, he's a very capable defender. So I feel like that team is on the rise. You just have to, I guess, address the defensive issues later. Maybe you do trades, maybe you, you know, I don't know, do whatever. But I feel like the Denver Nuggets are knocking on the door. We've already mentioned Portland and all the depth they've added and all the upgrades they've done. So they're there. Now, Dallas is the tricky one because, as we mentioned earlier as well, Chris Stapps. If he's able to play and he's healthy for the majority of the season, I feel like that team is great because you have two guys who are, I guess, basically unguardable. Luka can work on his three-point percentage, but the guy can do everything. He's like a LeBron James A. Now, that's high praise for a guy who's only been in the league one year. Oh, it was it two years. I'm getting confused. Either way, I feel like Luca is he's the only game, he's the only guy in the league whose game is comparable to LeBron James. They do a lot of the similar things. So and the Lakers are obviously they'll be there. I feel like they're gonna be back to back, unfortunately. Unless the Nets have something to say about that in the West. I mean in the East. Or even the Heat. I'm not being a homer, I'm just saying. So um yeah, I got the Lakers, I got the Nuggets, I have the Mavericks and the Blazers as the top four seeds and my contenders on the list. Okay. All right. That's what's up, Gabe. Now, just to piggyback off this whole Blazer talk for a second here, Uh-oh. for them to be they, – they finished third seed in the 2017-2018 season. Obviously, in the 2018-2019 uh, season, the same thing. And then what happens to them, they don't even go to, like, a Western Conference Finals. They don't get to the NBA Finals. Like, we've seen this before. And the Western Conference overall has just gotten better. For me, they'll compete and appear as, hey, in the regular season, we're going to try to win this Western Conference. They'll get to their playoffs yet again, and unfortunately, matchups will not work out in their favor. That's just my opinion. They're not going to make my contender list. But we'll talk about my contender list here. Obviously, the Lakers, we all talked about it. The Nuggets, we talked about it. Uh, The Clippers. So I'm putting the Clippers in the contention bracket here. Again, when you have... Top 10 talent, arguably, on the roster in the NBA. You got to contend. You got to compete. 
Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of different things, new coach, so quote unquote, new coach as Doc Rivers kind of mentioned that, you know, um, he'll probably run the same thing. Uh, Ty Lu speaking of, and, um, you know, you got Pat Bev, you know, you just, you, you lose Montrez, but at the same time, you start, you sign up Serge Ibaka talent. The talent is there. I still think they can compete out of all the NBA rosters. They can still compete for an NBA championship. My last contender, I got four in the Western Conference, by the way. Same thing as the East this time. Uh, the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors. To piggyback off my hot take about them being a top five defensive team in the NBA this season, I think that will help them be a contender in the Western Conference. I'm also predicting MVP caliber year for Steph Curry. And this year, with him, I think him and Luka are the two that stand out to, as the most important to, you know, for their teams to strive for success and be successful in that that Western Conference where they're you know top four, top five maybe. So it, I think Curry's got to drop 28, 30 points a game. Uh, defensively, this team's going to lean more on that side this season without Klay Thompson, use their talent to the best of their ability, and progress themselves. I think it's a little bit of a. I think it's a hot take for me. I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say that, but I'm feeling confident about it, guys. So, top four, those are my contenders. Nice. Okay. 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 You sure you're okay, Chevy? You're not like sick or anything? No. Okay. I feel great. I feel healthy in this 2020 year. It's just odd. Like, hearing you praise the Clippers and the Warriors, you're. Being a, a being a part of the James gang and at some point being a KD hater, it's it's very interesting. But hey, look, you have the all, ability I'm... to forgive and move on. I first don't. Of all, I love to we... hold grudges. Gabe, Gabe, do you want to hit her with the realist? We're we're realist. No, don't add the T. Remember, realist. there's no T. Realist. realist. We're realist around here. So at nice. at times. First of all, this is cut. This is coming from the person that said the Utah Jazz. Yeah, right, yeah. Utah Jazz are contenders. Okay, I'll go fuck what y'all say. Fuck what y'all say. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Whatever. That is our show. The Western Conference preview for the 2020-2021 season. The NBA is back, December 22nd, guys. Yay. We were happy. Then we get Christmas Day games like three days later. Isn't that beautiful? It's crazy. We end we end the week with like a star-studded lineup of games on a Friday. Like yep. on a Friday. Christmas on a Friday, right? So That's even it's going to be awesome. Yes. Yeah. It's all right. You go into the weekend coming off that, and then you still got NBA games after that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh. But uh, that is our show there. To wrap it up, as always, you guys know, we do shout-outs here. Robbie, any shout-outs for you? I would like to give a shout-out to myself. And to my boo thing, Audio Man, and to mm-hmm. Kevin the Cat, because mm-hmm. we okay. narrowly escaped a storm, a snowstorm that is hitting the Northeast. We don't have to deal with that shit anymore, and we are just rejoicing. Well, Audio Man, I think, is like sleeping at this point, but I am fucking rejoicing because fuck the snow, <laughs> fuck snowstorms. I love you, Tucson. 
Oh my goodness. So yeah, fuck everybody out there basically in the middle no, no, of the no, storm. No, 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 no. Happy, everybody right? out there uh, in the Northeast. Oh, okay. I, I got love for you. You still got love for them. Okay. I know you guys are good. It's going to suck shoveling snow and, and picking yeah. ice off your cars. I feel that pain and that's why we don't know about I'm shouting game. myself out because I got out of that. Mm. Yeah. I, that's cool. I That's cool. That's a dope shout out to yourself, Robbie. Congratulations. Thank I'm, you. you know, I, but genuinely, I am happy that you're happy about Tucson because yes. obviously Thank you, you moved out for better situations. And, you know, you. people move to places and they don't like it and they enjoy it. But glad Thank you. Thank you. Gabe, shout outs for you, my friend. Yeah. You got to have one. Of course I do. Uh, I want to shout out Tony Ferguson. Uh, he was one of the best lightweights in the UFC division. Prior to his two losses, he won 11 straight fights and he never got to fight. The king of the lightweights, Habib Nurmagomedov, for whatever reason. Now he's on a two-fight losing streak. He's 37 years old. He's been through a lot of wars. It's just unfortunate he never really got to fight for a real title. But um, El Bukui, my guy, Tony Ferguson, he's better than ever. So, yeah, that's my shout-out. That's what's up. Yeah, I'm, you know, I got to say that for me, my shout-out is more like a shameless plug really to us here. Um, you know, our content, our NBA content has... It's great, man. It's great content. We obviously are out there on the web, Twitter, Instagram. Follow us at Baseline Times. Uh, you, you guys, Robbie, Gabe, consistently. I mean, we have started up. We started this, uh, yeah, mid-July, right, when the NBA bubble was struck up. Uh, it was a rough year rough year for us at the beginning, you know, from March all the way until july <laughs> you know so uh we really to, to get us here to talk about a new season happening and previewing a season for once with the uncertainty of when it was going to start and our assumptions of it starting next year <laughs> we have basketball in 2020 in two different seasons which is a blessing um so yeah that's awesome shout out to us here you guys check out baselinetimes.com You'll see uh, my power rankings weekly. I'll drop those on Monday. Uh, Robbie is pushing out awesome NBA content. Her tears nice. article, great content. Gabe, shout out to you for your faves and faves on the fantasy football end. Every week, I know fantasy football is winding down for most people, but still, you know, <laughs> uh, that's still an awesome thing there. So, yeah, shout out to everybody from Baseline Times. Uh, you guys can follow me at Baseline Chevy on Twitter. Please come and talk some shit. Robbie Gabe, where can the people find you guys at? At Robin Hood with an H and a Y on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Gabe Excel across both platforms. And I'm also one of the NFL's straight up king picks. Pickers. Yes, you are. Yeah. Shout out to our partner, the Tally Site. That's me. Yeah. (laughs) If you go to tallysite.com, you check out the rankings there. And top analysts are Gabe Lloyd. He is a straight up pick. King, you are, man. That's a good job there. And, um, yeah, shout out to our other guys there. John Glowatz is the college football straight-up king. So it's good to see that, man. We stand out amongst other platforms, podcasts, amongst people like us and major media. So shout out to us again. Well, I'm not picking, but I, I made a cool graphic of the Western Conference preview for our episode, and I blew up James Harden's face. And he's making an interesting <laughs> little face with his mouth where his mouth looks like a booty hole. So there's oh, that. I have that going for me. She, yeah, you did it on purpose, huh? Uh, right, but no, like LeBron, no. I literally... <laughs> the idea was to make James Harden like the elephant in the room looming over uh, the entire Western Conference because really 
that's kind of what's taken over the headlines for the Western yeah. Conference. And Absolutely. then I stared at this picture for so long. And if you zoom in between LeBron and AD, boom, booty hole. Mm. By the way, Robbie, I know you ended the last show about uh, tagging your Venmo in. Um, was that successful? Should we do that again? Should Gabe and I tell us tell the people where to send us money? It was unsuccessful. I mean, thankfully, I have the shoe fund where Audio Man throws in money for me, you know, his spare change for me to get shoes at the end of the year. So that's holding me over. But listen, I take little Christmas gifts. I take donations at Robbie Sala on Venmo and Cash App. Holla. Send me money. Don't holla. Just send me money. <laughs> oh, okay. Second Word. 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 <laughs>